the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua. We've been going through on Wednesday nights about uh, going through the book of Joshua. And the last two Wednesday nights, God has just really uh, came in in an unusual way and ministered and helped. And uh, so I bless the Lord for that. And so I wanted to continue this, uh, this coming Wednesday night. And God has kind of birthed a message out of a message. And so that's what I want to do uh, this morning. Take a few minutes and try to be a blessing and a help to you. If you're able to stand, let's stand as we read the word of the Lord. And uh, those of you who are familiar with the book of Joshua, especially when we've been going through, of course, we've seen this new generation crossing over the Jordan River and uh, they had defeated the great city of Jericho with the help of the captain of the Lord's host. And uh, they've enjoyed broken victory until the previous chapter in chapter number seven where they go in and uh, they were ambushed at AI. But I wanna read uh, verse number 23 of chapter number eight and just pick up a thought. Uh, the Bible said in chapter number eight of the book of Joshua in verse number 23, Joshua eight twenty-three, and the king of AI they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness, wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all, the, all that fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle and spoil of the city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burned Ai and made it in heap forever, even unto desolation this day. Verse 29. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it out the entering end of the gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. Thank you, you can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. And uh, what had happened here, obviously God's people had got right with the Lord and uh, they did what God had told them to do and God did exactly what he said that he would do. You and I do not have to worry that God is gonna do what he said he would do. You can mark this down. God will do exactly what he said that he would do, and I rejoice in that. But when they had victory over these people of Ai, it was not a 50% victory. And if we go with God, we can have total victory. We can have unbroken victory. Are there gonna be battles? You better believe that there are gonna be battles uh, in this Christian life. This ship of Zion that you and I are on, I love that song that the girls sang about the ship of Zion, but I got news for you this morning. Uh, as uh, Lester Roloff would sing that song, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. And this ship that you and I are on, it is a battleship. It's not the tugboat, it's not the love boat, it is a battleship. And we need to understand there's gonna be battles. And I, I wanna preach a little bit this morning on the root of every issue and probably every battle that we will face and deal with uh, in this church and in life and in our homes. And I wanna use this king that was hanged on the tree as an illustration. And uh, I wanna preach a little bit this morning on killing the king of pride or the death of king me. 
That's what I want to preach on this morning. A strange thought, I know, but this is what God has given me for such a time as this. What happened in Joshua chapter number seven is Joshua learned some things in chapter seven that he never wanted to go through again. And when sin got in the camp, he was going to identify it and he was going to get rid of it. And even though you look at what stemmed from the heart of Achan and let it overtake him, that cost everybody was the fact that they had got lifted up with pride. Yeah, I'm not so sure that Joshua did not get lifted up with pride. I'm not so sure that he did not have an issue with that. But what happened was they, they dealt with it and they went on for the glory of God and Joshua said, I'm not gonna make that same mistake. And so what he did is he took this king of Ai, this king that represented the enemy. He said, I tell you what we're gonna do, we're gonna hang him high and we're gonna let him dry. Now I'm not talking about violence here, all right? I'm not talking about grabbing somebody up and hanging them. But I am talking about using this king as an illustration as the Old Testament is something that we can learn from. It's an insight. It is something that we can learn. And I want to take this king and look at him today as the king of pride. Somebody said there's nothing into which the heart of man so easily falls as pride. And yet there is no vice that is more frequently, more emphatically, or more eloquently condemned in the scripture. The words pride or proud or humble or humility Humility are mentioned over 125 times in our King James Bible. There's numerous other references to meekness and servitude and preferring others over ourselves. And the more I go, the more I believe this statement that pride is the parent sin to the very root of all other sin. Somebody said pride is the key, the thing that rots human responsibility to the core. It rots human responsibility and personality and and things that we have in our life. I say this a lot. People say, well, I don't have no problem with pride, Brother Randy. And I tell you what I want you to do, Brother Randy. You let them have it this morning about pride. I mean, you let them have it about pride. But the issue is everybody in here, starting right here, we will face the issue of pride. And I do not want pride to take us down. I want Jesus to take us over. And I want to have unbroken victory. And I do not want pride to get in my heart or anybody else's heart. I tell what we need to do. We need to have a killing today. Amen. But I'm talking about the king of pride. And so if your name's Charlie Pride in here, we're not after you. All right. Just hang in here with me just a minute. But the Bible said in Proverbs 6 and verse 16 says, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And the first thing God mentions in Proverbs 6 that he hates is a proud look. Proverbs 8, 13 says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth that's a perverse mouth. The Bible said, do I hate? That is what God hates. God hates pride. And God hates a, even a proud look and arrogancy and the evil way. Pride is deceptive because if you think you are humble, you are not. Amen. It goes back to what I say. Preach it, Brother Randy. Nail it tight and let them have it. I mean, listen, everybody in here's got a problem. And so, uh, the, and what? And let me say this. I'm not portraying myself as some great paragon of humility this morning, all right? As a matter of fact, I got an issue with it, got a problem with it. And you think you got it, and you think you got it all under control. But you still got that sin nature on the inside of you. And if you're saved by the grace of God, that sin nature has not been, you still got it on the inside of you and it will rear its ugly head from time to time. And you may think that you've got it all under control and don't have an issue with it. God will show you that you do have an issue with it. I thought about the preacher come one time. This has been years ago. 
He said, Brother Randy, I, I tell you what I want to do now. I, I want to put you on the poster. I want to start putting, I never had made it uh, to poster status. <laughs> he said, I want to put you on the poster. Well, here I am, you know. Well, preacher, you don't have to do that. I appreciate it, but I don't need to be on no poster. I don't have to be, oh no, I'm going to put you on the poster. And I said, well, thank you, preacher. I appreciate that, but you don't have to do that. Preacher, don't do that. Well, preacher come in, had the posters back there, Brother Mike, on the table. And so uh, I said, well, let me see. Uh, what picture did they use for me? And I got that poster and I got to looking at it. And I mean, there's, you know, Dr. Don Green from 1968. Still had that same picture there. I mean, there's Billy Goosby and all those men. I mean, it, it, you know, that kind of dated themselves. And I got to looking and I said, well, I didn't know they put pictures on the back of the poster. That was no good. So I got to looking and my, my, my picture did not get on the poster. I did not make it on the poster. And I'm like, man alive, what's wrong? I thought I'd, I thought I'd made it to poster status now. And I'm telling you, God dealt with my heart and God smoked my heart. We need to get to a day where we don't have to have an attaboy button. We don't have to make it on a poster. We don't have to get a pad on the back. We don't, hey, listen, do you remember the days where you're just glad you're saved and nobody had to know who you were and nobody had to give you any special status and when we think we deserve something, that is pride coming up in our heart. And so we've got to deal with it and that's what I'm going to try to deal with this morning. First of all, the king of pride must be identified. Now, here's what happened. Joshua goes through and he's thinking about you AI and you. You cost us 36 broken homes. You cost us 36 funerals. There's 36 grave sites. And Josh was thinking, I had to do 36 funerals because of you AINs. But what he did realize is that they were just following orders, that they had a commander that was calling the shots that came up and took the life of the Israelite people. And so Joshua began to say, hey, who is the one that's in charge of this crowd? Who is the one that gave the order? Who is the one that shook us to the core? Who is the one that brought this tragedy into the, our nation? Who's the one that cost us these 36 lives? Who's the one that has responsible? But there is one that has to be in charge of the enemy. And I tell you, we need to realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We are battling against, it's not our battle, it's not carnal, but it's mighty through God to the pulling hand down of strongholds. I'm telling you, the adversary is trying to wreak havoc on the house of God and at your house and on America. And I'm telling you, I do not want pride to get in the way of God blessing us and God doing something in our life and in our church that he wants to do. But it all started with a king. The Bible said in Isaiah 14 and verse 12, this is about the adversary. Pride caused Lucifer to be thrown out of heaven. Now, I'm not picking a fight with the devil this morning. I know people say, well, you know, devil, give it your best shot. That's a foolish statement, friend. He'll chew us up and spit us out without the grace of God and the mercy of God and Jesus to protect us. But I'm glad we do have a high priest, praise God, that can be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, that we can draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to us. But Isaiah 14 and verse 12, he said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? He said, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven 
heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like unto the most high. This is what the devil is saying, Lucifer, before the fall. Verse 15, he said, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. See, the adversary is an expert of pride and he knows exactly how to draw people into being proud. He used pride to entice Eve to go against what God had said. Genesis 3 and verse 5. He said, for God doth know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and here it is, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. We gotta understand this morning that pride plunged all humanity in the depths of depravity. The reason that sin came into this world is due to the sin of pride. Pride destroyed Adam and Eve's dependency on God and pride will destroy our dependency on God. It will do the very same thing. I tell you what you need to do. You need to get the hangman's noose out figuratively and you need to say, I tell you what I'm gonna do. Pride has got to go. King pride has got to be put to death today. Amen. I am proud to be an American. Well, at least I know I'm free and I'll spare you the rest of it. But I tell you what America is suffering from today. America is suffering from idolatry. It's all about me. It's all about humanism. It's all about what am I gonna get out of it. I tell you, we're battling eye trouble and I don't want that to get in the house of God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. he said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. The very first step to seeing a revival, the very first step in God blessing you, the very first step is going to have to be humility. It is going to have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and refusal to humble yourself and for me, to refuse to humble myself is nothing more than pride. When we don't pray, we don't humble ourselves, what we're telling ourselves is we can handle this thing without God. And it's made us independent of God. And when you don't pray, you're saying, well, I can handle this. I tell you what, you can't handle it and you can't handle the sin of pride. People are not serving God because of pride. People are not saved because of pride. People are not spirit-filled because of pride. Uh, People, due to pride, they're not submitted to the word of God. James chapter four and verse six, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. What is that resistance? It is that resistance to be lifted up with pride and that you can make it without God. We can survive without God. And the Bible said that we cannot do that. That our adversary is a roaring lion. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And the first thing that he will tempt you to do is to make you think you can make it on your own. You're your own man. Do your own thing. In chapter number seven, they had become self-sufficient. They had become self-willed in chapter number seven. Here's what Achan said. Achan became selfish. And Achan said, you know what? I want that. I want to do it my way. That's where we are. We're in the Laodicean church age and they want to be, I mean, listen, they want, I, 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 you know, I mean, whatever you want to, a Baptist church, 
I, I mean, I got to have my way. They want to go, I did it my way, Baptist church. I pastored by somebody used to saying that. I mean, that's what they want. That is the church for the people that's ran by the people. But here's what happened. None of them could escape. And here's what Joshua said. The king got victory over God's people, which could have been avoided. And Joshua said, listen, this victory has got to start from the top. So there's got to be an identification. When you see people that are upset, you see people that are, we got to understand it goes beyond that. I mean, listen, and I tell you what, the devil can influence good people. The devil can get in good people, amen? I mean, listen, you think about Peter. I'm talking about the man that made it A+. Plus. And, and God, listen, Jesus Christ said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's pretty pointed right there. Yeah, but Peter was, that's right. God wanted to use Peter, but so did the adversary. So there's got to be an identification here. Uh, they had to uh, deal with them. Not only did they have to come to him and say, right under he is, and right there's the one that we're uh, dealing with, they had to, excuse me, that watch don't mean nothing anyway around here. Y'all probably figured that out. But that king had to be determined. We got to determine who is the king. And then not only what is, was it determined, but he had to be dealt with. I tell you what he did. Joshua said, hang him up there where everybody can see him. He said, put him out there right in the open. He said, I want you to raise him up where everybody will walk by and say, that is the enemy. That is the one. And I'm telling you what we need to deal with, what we must deal with in a Christian life is getting lifted up with pride. I tell you, sir, the reason you're not saved is because you don't think you need God. The reason you're not right with God is because you don't you think you can survive without God. You cannot survive without God. You won't make it in this world and you sure enough won't make it in the world to come. Listen, you say, preacher, what was, what's King, what's King AI doing up there? What's the King of Bride doing up there? Joshua said, oh, he's just hanging out. Amen. Joshua said, put him out there on full display where everybody can see it. You know, I'm sad to say, uh, probably sometimes pride has been put on full display in our life. You say, I don't have no problem with it. You won't even let some. You won't even let some elderly lady get ahead of you down at the twenty items or less line at the grocery store. I mean, here's some poor, poor old uh, lady, some a seasoned woman, and you won't even. I mean, listen. No, I'm in a hurry. I mean, listen. Go down to Bucky's. One a thousand nine hundred and forty-two people down there. And you got your eye, hey listen, look up at here. You got your eye on the gas, you, you see the exact pump you're going to and it's open and that's the way you're headed and then the first thing you do is you start looking around and the race is on and here comes pride in the backstretch. Is that not right? I mean listen, Ray, gotta beat them there, gotta get them there. Nobody's gonna get my spot. That's pride. Amen, nod your little head, that's exactly right. That's what nod your head, Randy. If I had a mirror, I'd say yay. That's exactly right. Amen, that's right. We've seen it on full display. Proverbs 13, verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised, there's wisdom. You know, king pride, he can't take rebuke. King, king pride, he don't want correction. King pride, he don't want instruction. And if we don't guard against that, you know what'll happen? We'll feel like we're a little bit higher on the spiritual totem pole than everybody else. 
we get to a place where we realize, you know, what we think, we think, I tell you what, we've really got there. The more I go in this Christian life, the more I appreciate the grace of God and the mercy of God. Uh, the more I can sympathize or empathize with Isaiah when he said, woe is me for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of an unclean generation. Isaiah wasn't gonna be able to help nobody until Isaiah dealt with Isaiah. Amen. I mean, you gotta deal with that in your life. A proud person wants to make people feel inferior. He wants to talk down to somebody less fortunate. But I'm telling you what, we have got to deal with that. We must, we must be willing to listen. We must be willing to listen. Proverbs 15, verse 31. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. You want God to honor you? You want God to bless you? Before honor will be humility. We gotta learn to be corrected. When you and I get offended, that's pride. I've told this here before. <coughs> Brother Bobby Robertson was driving uh, had Brother Roloff over there to, to preach a meeting at Walkertown. And he had Brother Roloff in there with him. And uh, I'll assure you, they didn't, they didn't go nowhere. They didn't go to, to, to the McDonald's. I'll assure you of that with Brother Roloff in there. Brother Roloff, a holy man of God, great man of God. Brother Robertson, by his own testimony, he, he said something, not, not anything vulgar, not anything, but just a little something that he was troubled by. And they kept traveling and Brother Roloff never did say anything. Kind of reminded me of the preacher when I heard it. It just never would say anything. He said, finally, he said, Brother Roloff, I'm sorry. God convicted him about what he had said. He said, Brother Roloff, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Brother Roloff never looked up and said, oh, Brother Bobby, don't worry about it. You can't offend a dead man. If we didn't think so much of ourselves, well, bottom line, you just wouldn't get offended. What I'm talking about today is we gotta deal with this. I've gotta deal with this. We all are going to deal with this. Now, if you're, and if you're already making excuses, if you're already making excuses, then you're the one I'm preaching to right now. I mean, listen, King Pride, he ain't gonna ask no questions because he's more interested in what he thinks than what you think. Amen? That's King Pride. King Pride is waiting for you to get done where you can get finished. And listen, I, I'm telling you, man, I lie. Confession is good for the soul. I guess there's a lot of times where, you know, it's uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And in my mind, I'm already, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Now, Amy, I'm gonna use you as an example. God bless your heart. I sure do love you. You sure do look good this morning. You're the best wife in the whole wide world. You make the best this, that, and the other in the whole wide world. But it's going on and I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. And, and when you get as old as I am, I'll be honest, when you get as old as I am, I'm like, man alive. The reason you want to stop and the reason you want to interject because if you don't do it right then, you'll forget what you're going to say. Yeah, you'll forget what you were going to say. And you're like, oh man, I had a pretty good answer. And see there, you've talked so long, you've made some more, you've made so much sense. I forgot what I was gonna say. Amen. 
You know, ain't it, ain't it good? Praise God when you got somebody. Well, that ain't what the Bible says. Amen. Praise God. I love you, honey. Amen. Even though I did eat half them brownies just gonna bring over here tonight. All right. Praise the Lord. You know what? There's some things that I didn't see a thing in the world wrong with them when I first got saved. There were some things that I saw major things wrong with when I first got saved. But God dealt with me and God showed me that they were not right. But I didn't like it. I'm telling you, once God deals with your heart and once God puts something in your heart and once God puts that and settles that in your soul, do not back up. I'm not talking about backing up. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about I'm more determined now than I've ever been in my life to stand for God and to stand for right and to preach the truth and to tell it, tell it, tell it like it is and keep it right and keep it tight. Amen, I'm more determined than any time right now, I'm telling you, because God has put some things in my heart. If God's put them in your heart, stay with them. If God's put them in your soul, stay with them. If God is, I mean, I'm talking about putting an impregnable a fortress around your heart about something, praise God, stay in there because God give it to you. Hey, man, thank God, don't back up. Keep it going for the glory of God because it's right. God's put it in your heart, amen. That's right, when God puts it in your heart, stay with it because God did it, but God has to do it. Amen. I read these four guidelines and I want to read them to you. This is straight and I can't remember who it was right here. I don't think it was Joyce Meyer. I don't think it was. But it said, I read these four guidelines and here it is. He said, commit the matter instantly to God, asking him to remove all resentment or counter criticism on your part and teach you the needed lessons. Secondly, Remember that we're all great sinners and that the one who has criticized us does not begin to know the worst about us. Brother Mike, I thought about uh, what you said and somebody had said, I said, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a whole lot worse than what you think I am. Basically, that's what it is. And so when somebody criticizes us and runs us down, if truth be known, I mean, we're a whole lot better off than what they, I mean, we, we're a whole lot worse off than what they think we are. We're a whole lot worse off, really, and I'm not talking about some, somebody going out and shooting dice and chasing skirts and getting drunk. I'm talking about things in our heart. I'm talking about things that you cannot see. But I tell you, pride, if it's in you, it will come out. Amen. He said, if you have made a mistake or committed a sin, humbly and frankly confess it to God and to anyone you may have injured. Fourthly, be willing to learn afresh that you're not infallible and that you need God's grace and wisdom every moment of the day to keep on the straight path. Somebody told a preacher one time, you say, well, this, this, this person has come and said this. This person has offended me. This person has made me mad. Brother Mike, that, and I don't know who the woman was, but the preacher was talking about that, Miss Jimmy, and she quickly told the man of God, she said, I tell you who's gonna hurt you is you. He said, I never forgot, that's exactly right. I tell you what's gonna hurt you is you. I tell you who would hurt me, it'd be me. And I have committed this right here. I'm talking about killing King me. I'm talking about dealing with a king of pride in our life, because I want God to be glorified more than anything else. You know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take a surrender of our will. You're gonna have to say, God, 
I want you to deal with me. Because the king, king me, king pride in your life has got to be dealt with. If we don't, it'll deal with you. And you'll get to a place where there can't nobody reason with you no more. There can't nobody talk to you no more. Romans 12, 1 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And here it is. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 16 out of Romans 12. And I just saw this, I guess maybe this morning or last night. It says, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Ephesians 4.22 said that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That tells me that our minds, our human minds, are not just a sophisticated computer program. Our mind has a spirit. That's why our mindset, that's what we would call our mindset. Our mindset has to constantly be put in check. I mean, in other words, our mind has a mindset. The world's after our mindset, but the adversary is after our mindset. The adversary is after our thoughts. The adversary is attacking the thoughts. And here's what Joshua said. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna identify him and now I'm gonna deal with him where you can see this is the problem. This is the problem. Philippians 4 and verse five, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. Jesus counted himself as nothing. If we really felt ourselves as nothing, like Jesus did, I wonder how many issues we'd have. Jesus counted himself as nothing in order to be used for the glory of God. That's why God highly exalted him, gave him a name which is above every name, that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ the Lord to the glory of God the Father. God allows things to turn us in to Jesus Christ, that God would be all and in all. We'll never be more like Jesus than we have that attitude of humility. And we'll never be more like the devil when we exhibit that attitude of pride. Somebody said humility is the blossom of which death to self is the perfect fruit. Matthew 23 verse 12, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Lastly, the king was buried. He was put to death. If Israel will regain victory, they must show no mercy. And the reason Joshua showed no mercy, you say, this right here is pretty rough. I mean, he got him, located, hung him, put him out there, hung him out to dry. And I mean, listen, I know that sounds bad. We're not promoting that. I understand we're in the New Testament. But I do know this, that God said you're going to have to deal with the enemy. And that's what he did. He dealt with him. And he showed no mercy because Ai and the king of Ai showed no mercy at all. They ran them out of town, beat them up, and cost 36 lives and 36 homes and 36 families to be changed. 
Zell Miller made this remark on the Senate floor about the need to deal with Iraq and backing President Bush, and here's what he said. Zell Miller said, he said, I was on the back porch tearing out a section of old stacked rocks. He said, when all of a sudden, I uncovered a nest of copperheads. And Zell Miller said, a copperhead will kill you. It don't matter if a Democrat did say that. That is the truth. <laughs> a copperhead will kill you. He said, it could kill one of my dogs. Now, you kind of see what, what Zell Miller thought about his dogs. Here's what he said. He said, it could kill one of my dogs. It could kill one of my grandchildren. Amen. He, he must have some real fancy German haired, uh, German short haired porters or something. All I can tell you, he mentioned the dogs for his grandchildren. I ain't going to fault him about it. But here's what he said. He said, they could kill one of my dogs. It could kill my grandchildren. It could kill any of my four great grandchildren. He said, they play all the time where I found these killers. He said, you know what I did? He said, when I discovered those copperheads, he said, I didn't call my wife Shirley and ask her advice like I do in most things. He said, I didn't yell for help from my neighbors or take it to the city council. He said, I just took a hoe, knocked them in the head and killed them, dead as a doorknob, because they were a threat. I'll tell you what the biggest threat is, is pride. I'm convinced of that, is pride. The first time the word heap, and I'm just about done, the first time the word heap was used by Joshua, it was in Joshua 7, verse 26. This is when Achan had sinned. He said, they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. And really, you know what got him? Pride got Achan and the whole congregation in a heap of trouble. But look in verse 28 and 29. The Bible said, and Joshua burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, even unto this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until even tide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering and at the gate of the city and raise there on a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. When it first got started, it went from a heap of trouble to a heap of triumph. And it really comes down to that. I would rather have a heap of victory. I would rather have a heap of triumph than I would a heap of trouble because of pride. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord that he shall lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now here it is. As much as I'd like to say that the king of pride would stay dead. As much as I'd like to say we're never gonna have a problem with pride again. And as much as I'd like to say that there's not gonna be an issue with pride in my life or yours, that would not be true. So I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. The king of pride some of y'all are going to come down here and get right with God. Some of you are going to come down here and Lord, forgive me of pride. Some of you are going to stay right there and get right with God. Some of you are not going to get right with God. Some of you may not deal with it. Some of you may say, boy, I tell you what, preacher, really let him have it today. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You may get victory over it and everything will be going fine, but I promise you the devil's going to put something in your path. He'll put somebody going 45 in the hammer lane of I-75. He'll put somebody in your life to show you have not arrived. 
So when the king of pride starts rearing his ugly head again, and you can see that heap of stones of victory, they piled them up. They said, take him down and put a heap of stones on him. We got this saying right now. When you, when you feel, in time, you see the stones of pride start rising up. And you see the rocks, you buried him. I mean, listen, you buried him, you dealt with him, but they're starting to shake again. And the rocks are starting to move again. I tell you what you need to do. Praise God, take the rock of ages, the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember how he humbled himself. And when King Pride starts to raise his head, praise God, take Jesus Christ, the rock of ages, and say, get back down there. You get out from here. You're not dominating my life. Thank God, take the word of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he'd exalt you in due time. I mean, listen, say no, buddy. I'm gonna throw another rock on it. I'm gonna heap another trouble on you. And listen, don't let the adversary convince you that listen, just because, just because you've been saved for 30 years, 40 years, doesn't mean that we do not have room for improvement and doesn't mean that pride cannot raise his head. Listen, I'm not ignorant enough to not believe that it's a battle to deal with it, but what we gotta do is we gotta deal with it. If you're lost this morning, Luke in chapter number 18, verse number 10, two men went up into the temple to pray. Y'all can come to the instruments, please, Brother Joe, if you will, Sister Adriana. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. That means to be brought low. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. My mama used to say the way up is down. We'll humble ourselves. God don't want to have to humble any of us. Sometimes it may take that. But you and I have the ability to be afforded to us Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You know what they did? They made an altar in Mount Ebal. After a great victory, here's what they did. They glorified God and not man. He said, I want you to build an altar. And he said, it's gonna be where stones which no man had ever wielded a tool at all. Man didn't have anything to do with this. It was God that did it. I'm, I'm willing, and I hope you are too this morning. Say, God, by your grace and by your help, it's not going to be of some great craftsmanship. It's going to be a yield to you, submit to you, and deal with the king of pride. Let's everyone stand every head.